Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In this week's episode of The Drip, we shared an excerpt from our exclusive interview with Carrie Daniel and Charlene Grant of Parents of Black Children. Initially, the conversation wasn't going to be any more than 10 minutes, but both Carrie and Charlene had perspectives to share that we thought everyone should hear, unfiltered. Enjoy, and don't forget to share this conversation with others in the community, especially black parents. For the first time in Ontario's history, racism perpetuated by teachers in schools has consequences. And it's all because of parents of Black children, an Ontario-wide Black student-focused advocacy group. We're honored to have steering committee members Carrie Daniel and Charlene Grant stop by to talk about how they achieved this win for the community and tell us what's next for their organization. Carrie, Charlene, good to have you both with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Curtis, for having us. It's our pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So y'all are doing the Lord's work. (laughs) For our listeners who don't know, can you give us a rundown of what Parents of Black Children is and what it does? Yeah, Parents of Black Children is an advocacy organization. So we formed originally in York Region, Um, Just a group of parents who had come together um, and out of that meeting came our steering committee. And one of the things that happened pretty quickly was that we um, realized that the the need and the work that we were doing in response to the anti-black racism our kids were facing in in the York Region public and York Region Catholic district school boards was not just about York Region. So you know, we started getting uh, families from across the province contacting us. And so we had to kind of elevate um, and move beyond our regional approach to a provincial approach because the systemic issues, the anti-Black racism in the education system is across the board. And what made you take on this fight for change? What was your why? For us, our why came, and for me, my why my why came when my 14-year-old was started having issues at school. It didn't start then with him. It started when he was in grade two. However, when he got to high school, it went to a whole nother level. And my husband and I thought, if this is happening to us, and not because we think we're special or better, is because we're the parents that would go and have meetings. We're the parents that you tell us something is wrong. We want to help you fix it and help you help our child. And the way we were being dismissed... Um, as parents and just being like shooed away, we thought this can't be just us. There has to be others. And at the time we said, maybe if we put an ad in the paper or something to say, who else is experienced 
anti-Black racism within the school system, I'm pretty sure we would get, we would find other parents like ourselves. We didn't end up doing that. We ended up Googling um, racism in New York region and came across stories. So that's how it started. And the minute I shared my story publicly, which I, which, you know, I started thinking maybe it's just us, baby. Uh, we started, other parents started reaching out. And um, so we started realizing that in our sharing, we are also supporting and elevating other voices. And that's pretty much how it kind of got started, really. Mm-hmm. So you, you know what you want to achieve. You wanted to elevate voices. You wanted to drive change to make things better for, yeah. for, for Black Ontario students. Yeah. How did you put together your strategy to engage the Ontario government? I think one of the things that happened really quickly is that we realized that we weren't going to get very far just dealing with regional school boards. So one of the things, you know, we talked about as a group was that education is a provincial mandate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, dealing with the school boards 101, you know, you have their fires, their anti-Black racism uh, fires in Peel, uh, in Durham, in York, and we're going from like one to the other to the other. It, it's designed to kind of like tire you out. Yes. And so for us, it was about, okay, this is, forget the boards. Mm-hmm. The government controls education in this province. Mm-hmm. We're going to advocate with the government, right? Our advocacy is going to be, we're going to turn our lens there. And so um, that was really, I think, one of the key approaches. And we started early on with meetings. I think as a group, the first activities we did were we met with Minister Lecce, the education minister. We met with the anti-racism critic for the NDP at the time, Laura Melindo. We had put some outreach to meet with uh, the liberal leaders. And so we made sure that we were meeting with people that we needed to meet and turning our eye on the provincial government and putting the pressure there. Because the reality is the boards are going to do what they need to do when it's coming from the ministry. If there's a directive, if we're changing um, policy, um, and that was key. So we, we, we wanted to make sure our, stu- our children, our Black student success wasn't um, determined by who was in position of power. Because we know that they change all the time. It has to be written in policies and procedure for it to work. And we knew that had to come from the the ministry office. And for us, we started, as a group, we started putting together, we need deliberate, um, impactful, systemic changes that is going to outlive our group and our great-grandchildren could benefit from it. So that's how we came up with the whole 10 demands. And some of it we stumble upon, like, for example, the, the OCT, um, we end up, we read that their um, actor um, and realized that it didn't even talk about our black students. Oh. Um, we, we realized that even reporting a teacher who uses the N word or any, anything of any hate affiliated um, racism was, um, you know, it was pretty much, um, it wasn't a mandatory reporting process. And we realized, oh, we need to fix this. We need this to be, we need, this has to be, this has to change immediately for our children to start having some type of justice within the school boards. Yeah. I think racism, you know, it's, for us, it's, a, this is a crisis, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things is, 
that we were looking back to, you know, I remember sitting, you know, Charlene talks about her son having issues starting at grade two. And it was the same for me. And that is very typical of the Black experience in the education system. Our boys particularly get to a point where they are no longer cute and they are a threat Mm -hmm. and then they're a target. And so we were going through that, right? We were going through that with our son in grade two. And Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the principal's office. It was myself. My husband was working that day. So I had taken my mother with me so I wouldn't be by myself. And I remember sitting in that office and looking at my mother, talking to this principal and looking at her thinking, my God, like my mom is having the same conversation with this principal Mm -hmm. about targeting a black child in the classroom that she had with, with my principal 30 years ago. And so for me, it was that moment. I always think about that moment because one, we can't continue to do this. We've had, my parents were advocates, right? We've had advocacy um, with black parents and black leaders around the education system for over 50 years, 50, 60 years of this kind of work. Parents of Black Children is nothing new. In fact, there was a group named Parents of Black Children in the 80s doing the exact same work that we were doing. I think for us, it was we wanted to put an we need to we need transformational change, like Charlene said, and we want to put an end to the, the, the battering that our kids receive in the education system. It has to stop. And um, that, that's really our driving force. It's that we don't want to be doing this. We don't want to be doing this work. Um, we want to drive change so that we don't need to exist. And, and it was also like this summer was for for us very um, telling and inspiring. And it, I, I mean, we were doing this work um, prior to George Floyd dying, but I think it um, something else shift in our mentality and thinking and way of looking at it. And we're saying we're done trying to sit at a table negotiating our rights. We're demanding and taking it because it took one pandemic to um, shine a big, huge light on our lived pandemic that we've been living through since the day we were born. And it just, I know it made me angry. Um, and I know, you know, sometimes we're afraid to use the, we're afraid to even show we're hurt and we're angry and we're angry about what's happening to us because we are afraid of being labeled as angry black men and angry black women. But it made me angry to realize that we are we're spinning our wheels and it's tiring and it's draining and it and it's 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 just traumatizing over and over and over again going having the same conversation and we you know we we were just done with it and i know we saw through covid that when white lives were in danger or were, were afraid that the 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 purse got open policies and procedure went out the door but we were afraid to send our kids out our house every day we are terrified by by that because we know what they could face. Yeah, the shift. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? The Everything changed and shifted overnight. Things that people said were impossible, couldn't be funded, couldn't be done. Um, yeah. When COVID hit, it happened, yeah. right? And so for us, anti-Black racism, it, when you have a, a seven-year-old in a class in an art class using scissors and the teacher looks at that seven-year-old and sees a threat and says that they're a threat to themselves and others. Like all of that anti-Black racism is a crisis mm-hmm. and it's impacting our kids. It's impacting their mental health, right? Their security, their outcomes. And so 
but we want a crisis response yes. to anti-Black racism. That's what we need. So we know what the end result here was, right? We also know that on the first call, Minister Leche was pretty silent. So how did Minister Leche engage parents of Black children throughout the process after that? There was a, a community meeting that was um, arranged in 2019, July 2019, that with parents of Black children, um, we were part of that meeting, as well as other community members in the in in the York region area. And in that meeting, we were talking about the crisis in the education system. And it was um, it was a very um, long meeting. I know Carrie was on the call, and you know we were we had just been appointed that role. Um, and we pretty much told him all the things that our children were going through. And one of the things that was said to him was, you have a real opportunity here to make some really good changes in the education system. We kind of even gave him like a pretty much a roadmap and say to him, like, as a conservative government, there's history there where we don't normally hear conservative government doing things for the black community. Uh-huh. Um And we kind of said, you know, it's very similar to my parents coming from Jamaica and talking about the liberals because of what Trudeau did as a young, um, younger politician in this in this role. You have an opportunity to create some new voters for the conservative party by making real changes in the education system. And we pretty much kind of gave him that roadmap that day and he told us he was listening right Carrie and we I mean we've we've heard this before from politicians so as things started rolling and we started seeing some of the things he was doing one of the eye opener for me was when he appointed a supervisor in Peel hmm. which has never been done in this country a supervisor being brought into a school board for race We've wow. seen supervisor coming in for under um, for mismanagement of funds, but never for anti-black racism. So that was a check on on our part. We're thinking, wow. Um, when he did announce the changes this summer, earlier this summer, about the changes to the Education Act, immediately Carrie and, P- and I, parents of black children, reached out with our own assessment of the changes that he was making because they weren't enough. You know, we actually put it together. Like there were, these were just crumbs being described as progress, especially under the, the, the streaming theme. We, we know streaming is being ended for, 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 for black students in grade nine, but we know streaming for our black students starts as early as kindergarten, where they're stream out of French immersion, as Carrie mentioned earlier, as well as they're not even being tested for the, for, um, the gifted programs. So we gave him our feedbacks on, on our feedback on everything that he announced and let him know where the shortcomings were and where, and then we sent him our 10 demands and say, this would be a better place to start. Um, so we've seen a few things been been um, um, taken off that list that haven't, you know, so, but there's still more to be done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I, Charlene, I mean, hit the nail on the head in terms of describing what happened. I think, you know, what's interest, what's been interesting for me is, you know, you meet with a lot of politicians um, and then there's always this, you know, I'm listening and learning. And but I think it's you watch the action. And so I can appreciate the action. And so and I give you know, we give credit where credit's due. Right. I think we can't forget that this is also a government that dismantled a lot of things that helped our students and helped black communities prior to COVID. Right. They were they were in the influx of getting rid of um, a lot of the programming, particularly in priority neighborhoods that support young people. So we can't forget that. But um, there has been a huge shift and a huge push uh, in terms of. Um, actually making systemic changes that, that have a lasting impact. And for that, um, we have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. I don't think that you can call politicians allies, particularly white I think that politicians, by, they, he, they, they see where the wind is. Yeah. And so um, I would not call him an ally. I would say... I would call him a listener. <laughs> I don't know what to call him. I wouldn't call him an ally, but um, I think that he's a politician. And so this is the moment he can make. So his heart might be in the right place, right? But if the wind was different, he's part of a conservative party. He wouldn't be making these changes. But right. he can make these changes because of the climate that we're in, right? The, this is If you're going to do it and you want to do it, this is when, this is now. Mm-hmm. And so... I, yeah, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him an ally, but um, definitely um, I think he's engaged and that's, that's, he's engaged and he's listening. And I think that's maybe the difference. Um, and I think maybe that begs a, an additional question though, a related question. If, if what happened with George Floyd didn't happen uh, this summer, would this, would this transformational change be happening in Ontario right now? So I think with, with, with Lechi, I will say this. Some of the things with George Floyd probably um, confirm some of the things he wanted to do or make him do, uh, or, or even push it along quicker mm-hmm. because the Peel situation happened before George Floyd. Of course. And that was good. And we saw where that was going and the writing was all over the wall. I mean, I was in Peel myself. Kerry was too at one of those board meetings in February. And George Floyd didn't happen till May. And so credit is due here. There's so much work to be done, right? And I think we also try and temper ourselves because we don't want to be over um, grateful (laughs) for things that should have been done decades ago, right? But um, I think it's a good start. It's a good start. And if we're able to start this way and keep pushing, um, we can really, we have an opportunity here to really shift things. Um, And that's exciting. 
as we know, the the fight for equality for Black Ontarians is very much ongoing. We're, we're kind of on a moving train. What's next for parents of Black children and how can the community support you? That's a great question. Parents of Black children, it's we've become this force, I think, because mm-hmm. um, it's like a collect, we're co- collectivizing the voice of Black parents. We've never had a group to really speak for us. We've been invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in terms of what's next for us, you know, we're looking, we, I'm going to let Charlene talk about some of the work she's been doing with our system navigation, but we have a number of programs that we're working um, on to help support our families. And our goal is always about um, changing the system. So anything that we do, um, it's not to say that our, our families aren't capable. We know our families are, are um, capable. We know that our kids are exceptional. Um, but the supports that we're putting in place are really geared towards um, how we help our families navigate the system. So we have a project called United Parents. Um, we do workshops around um, topics that are impactful for our families. So suspensions. Um, how do you challenge suspensions, for example, because we know Black kids are more likely to be suspended than any other um, children. Uh, math and literacy, um, another workshop is on um, like exceptionality. So what happens when the child has an IEP? They're in French immersion. Our, our kids are pushed out of the French immersion program. So what do you need to know about that? Um, we also have a system navigator um, who will stand beside you. And that person for our education is Charlene and she'll stand beside parents um, as they, as they navigate the system. And uh, the other piece to that project is a parent mentorship program. So we're hearing from parents how isolated they feel, mm-hmm. how pressured they feel to make sure that their kids succeed. And so this program will partner 10 parents who want to be mentored with 10 parents who feel they have the capacity to mentor. Um, And really it's kind of leaning on each other and helping each other um, navigate the system. And we've just launched the COVID relief fund as well. And we launched two days ago and we have already over 400 applications, which tells you how critical um, and the impact of COVID on our community. So I think there's a lot in store for us. Um, the biggest piece is the system navigation, and I'm going to let Charlene talk about that. So to answer your questions, what's in store for us? Like, So what we're doing, and Carrie touched on it, we are making sure our parents are empowered, they feel supported, they are they are educated in, as far as navigating the system, uh, how they could best support their child and know that there's support for them. You know, for me, I take the system navigator role very um, important. Like, it's very important. It's, it's very crucial because there's mistakes that myself and Carrie have made with our own children. When we, when I used to get, I know Carrie, we, we've shared this many times, but we used to get the calls about the way our children were behaving. It was confusing to me because the child they, they describe, I've never met. Huh. And, you know, I know cultural-wise, Caribbean parents, and I could say this because I'm a Caribbean parent, um, and African culture, we are very, we are, we're typically very strict with our parenting. And we expect certain certain things from our children. And when we send them to school, we don't expect teachers or educators to just target them because of the color of their skin. So a lot of times it, it, it's very hard for us at first to realize that's why they're being treated. And we made mistakes in that. So we're going to make sure our parents 
They don't have that. They now know it is not your child. It is the system that was designed against them. So that is the the, the most important thing that we want our parents to know. And in addition, we have 10 demands that we have asked the Ontario government to implement that will really change the education system for our Black students. Uh-huh. We want to make sure this system navigator role that I'm doing, it's not just here in York region or just parents of Black children doing it. We need this role across the province, the country for that matter. So parents know my child is facing this. I don't have to go and face those educators by myself. We want the Ontario government to be able to to assign um, an auditing, an arm's length auditing body to audit school boards to see how are they treating Black and racialized uh, students because we know it doesn't matter if our children is in Peel or they're in Windsor. They're experiencing the same thing because the system is set up like that. So as far as how the public could support, we put out things, we do tons of campaigns and where we want to get real systemic changes in the system to support us by writing letters, you know, um, retweeting, um, resharing our information just so we could get this done because we've seen it. We've seen the impact. Um from the support we get from our allies, which was very crucial in getting um, OCT to change their act. That was through our advocacy with the support of our allies who said, we're tired of it. We're going to stand beside you and at times even in front of you to make sure you get these changes done. Charlene is 100% right. I think the support in sharing our information is critical because what we hear often is, you know, parents don't know, or I didn't know that there was a group out there to support me. I didn't know this. So we don't want that. We want parents to know we don't, we will help anywhere <laughs> where yeah. and, and go anywhere um, where, where, where our black parents need us. So I think it's just sharing the information, paying attention and um, knowing that we're here. I mean, that, that fact that you're willing to go anywhere to support yeah. parents, uh, that's exactly why we wanted to have the both of you come on this show so we could ensure that this this is shared as widely as possible? Oh, absolutely. They, we are helping families in um, as far as Thunder Bay. We mm. know now. Wow. We know Zoom. Zoom has now been the most popular um, share. <laughs> right? So we could be anywhere to support any parent. As long as they need us, they they, they could reach us through our website under the system navigator role, the intake form. Because mm. through that form, we're, we're keeping our own data. So we're going to use because we know there is the system responds to data. We want to keep our own records to show that we're not just making this up. We're not just pulling race cars. This is real. And it's happening to our to our black students across this country. Um, so wherever we can and wherever we hear our parents um, reaching out, crying out, because as Carrie said, it is a crisis. Um, right. So our parents are crying out. We will be there in any form that we can. We will make it happen. And we're actually partnering with other groups in, in these areas as well um, to make sure um, we could support them and they could support us likewise. One of the things we tell parents who are far away that we are being with them on a Zoom call at a meeting, whatever you learn through this experience, share it amongst your community in the area that you are. Empower those parents as well because we're here for them. Our students matter. 100%. So thank you for joining us and walking us through this. Uh, to our listeners, you can find Kiri Daniel on social media at Woke Mommy Chatter. 
and Charlene Grant online at Charlene Grant. And to see more about Parents of Black Children, go to www.parentsofblackchildren.org. For convenience, we will drop their details in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here today, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. It's an honor. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. We now have our own Instagram page dedicated to the podcast. Follow us at The Drift To You. Black people, we hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutant. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. See y'all next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.